Yeehaw, episode 15 of Shift Perspective. Knocking them down, killing them softly. That's right. It's one of the great, one of the best movies ever. I like that. You talking about with Brad Pitt? Yep. Yeah, I watched that sometime in the last few months, and I'd never seen it before. Oh. And I was like, oh, this is he's, fucking awesome. He's so good in that, man. His final line of the movie is one of the greatest lines ever. I don't remember it offhand. Talks about the Obama's on the TV and he's talking to <laughs> talking to the attorney who's the attorney for all the gangsters who've hired him to be the hitman. Uh-huh. And he, and he tells him there he's gonna he's not getting as much money. And Obama's talking about the American dream and how great it is. And he goes, see, why don't you be more like that? You know, the American dream. He goes, you know how this is. They make the rules. You know, da 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 da. And he goes, don't give me that. Something, something along these lines. It's like, don't give me that shit. The American dream. America's not, this isn't, this thing's all yeah. a facade. He goes, you got a bunch of rich white men who use slaves, enslaved people, impregnated women. Like, goes on this whole thing about, you know, how America is a business. And then he's like, the whole thing's a business. Pay me my fucking money. <laughs> it was great. I ha- I hate the fact that I don't remember every word of that thing, but it was so good, man. Well, the important thing is that everybody who listens to this is going to go look that up. Probably while they're listening to it, they're going to keep their Apple podcasts open. And it's the beauty of technological multitasking. Yeah. I really liked it though. It was fun. It was a good, it was a different kind of pace for Brad Pitt. Very much. He's been in so much stuff, man. I think one of my very favorite films that he's ever been in is 12 Monkeys. Mm. Terry Gilliam. Just, man. That's. I haven't seen that in so long. That was he was crazy as shit. Yes. Right. Yeah, he was nuts in that. Um, his Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt, and essentially like right, they're time traveling and keep running into each other. It's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it as well. That. What else? Fight Club, obviously. Uh, is Fight Club is money. Here's his I mean, line. Here's his line. I got <laughs> my friend. He talked about Thomas Jefferson. He goes, just because he wrote some good, some some. Don't uh, don't make me laugh. We're, we're one people. It's a myth created by Thomas Jefferson. My friend Jefferson's an American saint because he wrote the words, "All men are created equal." Words he clearly didn't believe, since he allowed his own children to live in slavery. He was a rich wine snob who was sick of paying taxes to the Brits. So, yeah, he wrote some lovely words and aroused the rabble and then went out and died for those words while he sat back and drank his wine and fucked his slave girl. This guy wants to tell me we're living in a community. Don't make me laugh. I'm living in America. And in America, you're on your own. America's not a country. It's just a business. Now fucking pay me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's so perfect for who his character was, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, not that like all of that. I mean, there's a lot of truth in what he what was written there. But, you know, nonetheless, it's like such a great just way to end that movie for a guy who's like the hitman. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this, this really cool, swift hitman who just does his job and that's it. Yeah, he's a, a, uh, an actual professional. Yeah. He is. He's done a lot of great movies. Snatch, man. That was my favorite movie. Oh, Snatch was awesome. Yeah. Snatch was awesome. I mean, his role in that. I got a buddy of mine who's, uh, who's English that uh, I call him Pikey. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he comes from like a lot of money, you know? So like total opposite of what, the, what, what you know, like, yeah. you know, full posh. I'm trying to remember. There was a documentary like two, three years ago about all of the, like the gypsy boxers in, in England and Ireland. And I can't remember that it was just all bare knuckle. Was it called knuckle? What? I've been called knuckle. It was a documentary. Oh, about yeah. all the bare knuckle yep. fighters. And, I think you're right. I've right. watched that. And they yeah. were like, oh, he's like, oh, this is my cousin. It's it was like, like yeah, two a- families that they yeah. followed. Like, yes. Yeah, we've had a feud for like a hundred years and yeah, they're exactly. always beating the shit out of each other. Crazy. It's better than shooting each other. No kidding. Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> Humans are... <laughs> West Virginia, right? <laughs> Gotta have something to do. Gotta have something. When things get too easy, we fight each other. <laughs> you know? Things yeah, get man. too easy, we fight each other. Man. Boredom, man. It's interesting. It's interesting, even with mammals, you know, like we were talking earlier about our horses. Some of it, mm-hmm. like cactus breaking out, he's bored. Like a bunch of the field is underwater and he's just like, I've had it. I'm out. Like, I just want to be out doing what I want to do. And he's just, the line is shocking him. And he just was like, I don't care. His desire to do what he wanted is stronger than the pain reflex. So much water it, though, man. Isn't there a pl- does she ride them? What does she do with those horses? Yeah, dude. Tommy, Tommy, is essentially like <laughs> inventing a way of riding. So she rides bareback sometimes with a, a Mongolian saddle, which is essentially a, a pad. It's just a wool pad. Mostly with no, she never uses a bit. She always rides bitless, but a lot of times she just rides with a rope, a ring rope that's around the horse's neck. And she just goes by touch and pressure. So she literally... It's just communicating. It's like an agreement that they have. And you watch her ride. She never pulls on them. It's just, she's like talking to them with leg pressure and rope touch on their neck. And she's just reinforced that behavior pattern so many times. The youngest though, hasn't been ridden at all. He hasn't been, he's, he's been saddled once. Um, but the other two were broken prior to her getting, getting them. 
Um, but yeah, she rides and then she's just friends with them. I think she just enjoys the company of other species. Mm. You know, I think she likes what, plus it's like, I have never, you know how you see a person and they, they're doing the thing that they're supposed to do. Like you go, you know, I mean like, Oh, they're good at this or, you know, they're into that. And then you see them do like their thing and you go, Oh shit, this is their thing. I've never seen, first of all, a smaller person control such an, a large animal with, with ease. You know, I'm out on the field and I don't, I can't read their body language anywhere even remotely as well. And sometimes she, she'll be like, Hey, he's going to turn left right into you step back and I'll step. And then sure enough, horse turns around and she just can read their social cues. And I mean, most people have to go chase their animals down to halter them and stuff. And we'll show up at the field and she'll just yell their names and they'll come running. And it's not even for food. Like they have free choice hay on the field all the time. So she just call them and they'll, she's just developed a relationship. It's a cool thing to see. You know, I had a buddy too, like when I grew up, who was a drummer. And before I had ever really seen him play, I knew he was a drummer, but I was like, oh, whatever. You know, I have friends who play music. And then I saw him play and I was like, oh, that's what it looks like when a person's doing like their thing. Like, oh, that's your thing. Oh, you're that guy. Okay. Like, I get it. And this is a cool thing to see when I, when you watch a human being do the thing that they're supposed to be doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I suggested to Tyler, she should just go get a fucking wild horse and learn to break it. It's like, it's brutal breaking a horse. And she's like, she's like, do you realize how much time that takes? <sighs> She goes, I don't have that kind of time because she just bought a new horse, a jumping horse. She jumps. Not a cheap horse. No, dude, no horses are cheap. There's no such thing as a cheap horse. Yeah. And it's essentially like buying a car. You got, you're maintaining it all the time. It's, it's a lot of responsibility. The thing I like about it is it gets us outside a lot. Like it's raining. Sorry. Like the horses need like whatever, if they just happen to need something and it's 40 mile an hour winds, like you can't just go up. Do they have shelter? Well, they're supposed to. And, but this is part of the dispute that I mentioned earlier is that they did. And it's deteriorate deteriorated dramatically. And that's part of the, the issue that's come up, you know, that I talked to you about off the air. Mm-hmm. Um, they should, they're supposed to have a run in. I mean, they're purposefully field boarded so they can be out and run. And, um, but they used to have a run in and it's just, it's falling apart. I mean, I had to go pull some equipment off of it today and it was just like, it looks, it's barely a recognizable structure. Like, I didn't want to stand under it. I was like, Jesus Christ, like, this thing's going to come down. It was was bad. And it's been so, like, here it rains and it's so windy all winter. Essentially, we have a wet season here. 
right for like two months it's just february i think from february 1st to 15th year it rained 13 of those days just constant and it just wears stuff down you know it's wind and rain just wears shit down so i mean it is what it is like max holloway says right it is what it is brother <laughs> it is what it is that's so, right but if and when we move when we move we'll have some we'll, we'll have a legit barn we shall see oh it's happening broski we shall see I'll make sure we have a, a place for you. Yes, you will. I'm out. There's some pretty epic hiking and oh. mountain biking. Yeah. I'll, I'll, if you have a place that has a place for me to stay semi-comfortably, I will be out there routinely. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. I think it'd be pretty sick just to find like an airstream and just park it on the land like you have guests you can have people come stay in an airstream you know what i mean like it's pretty sick like, well what we can also do is get a shipping container yes and you can outfit those things yeah we we actually had considered doing a shipping container home at one point mm -hmm. and then we realized like what kind of time investment and like ugh boy, some things can happen with those. It's like I had a shipping container pool in my uh, original in my office at one point. And then man, I had a buddy who converted the uh, athletic recon mobile office in, out of a sh shipping container. So they just take this shipping container to whatever place they were at and have everything athletic recon that would just open up and fold down. It was so dope. Oh, man. I think you got rid of that stuff just before we met yep yeah that that's a bummer because uh that would have been super fun to train in yeah man shipping container pool oh, so dope the problem is, is there was no heater oh yeah well yeah that's well, no I, if you were train, if you're training freezing cold water is not fun no Makes you, uh, it adds another element though, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd have all, I'd have all these pro surfers always come to the gym, you know, come to my, come to my office and we'd fucking put them through the ringer, but they'd get blue. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. They all have wetsuits. Nobody wore wetsuits. Oh, well, it's a problem. I mean, yeah. that's because it's all. Was that in Orange County? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't imagine. It was, dope, it was a dope little office, man. It's like, I think it was like 1,500 square feet, five, 700 of it was like office, sort of work in. And then warehouse where the gym was. You and know, it, was, it was a shipping container? We ended up putting a shipping container in the warehouse. Oh, in it, Yeah. Yeah, and it uh, took up like it took up like two thirds of it, but worth we, it. There was two thirds room. Really. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know you. I didn't know you then. You must have just gotten rid of that situation yeah. right before. My buddy Chris Lisk, who is a, um, he actually was involved. My buddy who started Athletic Recon, who originally was at Paul Frank, and that's where I met Chris. And Chris 
he was in promotions and stuff. And so he worked with like bands like Tool, et cetera, um, Nose Tool. He's on the cover of uh, Pussifer's second to last album. Where he's, he's the guy in the background getting kicked in the nuts. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, he uh, had this crazy idea to take shipping containers and convert them into pools. And so he, the way he marketed it was he took a shipping container pool and set it up at Coachella. Oh, no kidding. And it just was like, it kind of, I don't know. Blew up. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, people dug it. I don't know that people are buying them. It was Tommy. hard, man, because he, he cut like he had glass on it, you know, so it had a window you could see in Uh huh. and it leaked. Like it, you know, uh, it was just like, like you know, there's so much pressure, dude. Like you have to reinforce things when you put water in it. Like it's it, it's a whole. It's a lot, thing. man. Oh, it's a whole different animal, bro. I mean, uh, a a half of a shipping container is what twelve by eight by eight. That's a yeah, lot of like. that's a lot of cubic feet of water. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's heavy. You think about water weighs eight pounds a gallon. <laughs> I can't believe the sides didn't blow out of those things, dude. Damn. Crazy. Tommy wanted to get one here for our house, like when we were first moving into this place. She wanted. She was like, "Oh man, it'd be awesome to have a shipping uh, shipping container pool, and then we could." build the deck and then have like a slide into it. And I was like, that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds. Yeah. Sounds great. great. Yeah. I can't even imagine what a wreck that would be now with like bro, uh, all bro. this water and paint started to fucking chip off. Cause it, like, it's just, there's things you didn't think through, right? Because like you paint it, use this super high level paint, but then you're training in it. So when you're training in it, you're sliding all over the ground. So then you need to empty it and you need to put grip tape that sticks to the paint <laughs> and then you fill it, but then you don't realize chlorine eats away at the paint. Oh shit. So all of a sudden you're starting to get these, like when you drain the water from time to time, where does all that out, water go dry? Oh, you just to get a hose and then you <laughs> oh run it out God. and it just it empties, but like it's chlorinated water. So, you know, it, the pot- you, you just buy potable water, which is, totally fine and then you chlorinate it um so anyway it'd fill up in like 30 minutes because these guys could just ram a hose like a hose like that thick with just oh, water yeah. just emptying into it but then when you drain it you're using a you know a regular hose that then siphons and pulls out and just, you know takes like a day or two oh right my God. oh yeah bro yeah like it, it was it was it was interesting times but i think it was the the first time we emptied it we didn't realize like Oh, like now the paint's super dried out because of the chlorine and it just started and it'd peel off. Oh. I was like, oh, dude. That's why you so, don't ever go for the beta test. You wait mm-hmm. until you wait until like version five. Yeah. Then you go, okay, they got they got all the bugs worked out. That seems like some shit that would be at Coachella though. With like some some pinheaded Instagram influencers taking pictures of themselves on the rim of <laughs> look at us. Um, yeah, man, I remember seeing pictures of that thing. Weren't there some pictures of that thing in outside? Do you have pictures of that in outside magazine at some point? Might, might've been, might've been. 
I felt like I saw some pictures of it. Yeah, like, yeah, because like you know, I mean, I I know that Laird and I did a training session and photo shoot there. Later, yeah. Gabby Car- came as well. Carney came there too, didn't Carney come there? Carney came. He wasn't there when the when the when the pool was there though. Oh, okay. He came before that, and he you know he did some interval work. He, I put him through the fucking ringer, just tortured his ass. He, he, I remember in his book. Yeah, he he was all he was all game for it though. He he was a good he was a good he was a good sport. But that's what he wanted. He wanted yeah. to understand things. You know, we well, did we did cold plunge. I stuck him in the cold plunge out. <laughs> he'd already been in a cold. He'd already done all the wind. It's always stuff. dude. He's he's heavy into the cold training. He did like a twenty five minute frozen lake dunk the other day. Oh really? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Stoked for him. He's. I haven't he's done a really plunge. In, I couldn't even tell you. Oh man, I live in a fucking forty-four degree house. I'm not doing a cold plunge. There's there's no reprieve. Once I live in a warm, like where I can have a reprieve, I, I do cold training from uh, January first to March twentieth every year. <laughs> I realize I was like I don't. I don't need to do this shit. Not to be specific or anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, those aren't the real. Don't hold me to those. Dates. Those are the actual dates where I'm, we're going to hold. We're going to hold. We're all going to hold Rob. To <laughs> it is 75 degrees. Crystal clear. My dog overheated on, the, on, on a 15 minute walk today. Oh, no. Oh, not. not I mean, not bad. Oh, okay. Like, I was like, she's oh. not. We're, we're, oh. like, it's seventy-five degrees out. Like, it, actually, it's seventy-eight. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's it was warm and sunny here today, but this winter, Tommy was like, was giving me a hard time the other day because all the way through Christmas, even it wasn't too cold, and then I was like, wow, this is a, this is. It seems like it's going to be pretty mild, you know. Even in January, I was like, wow, it's pretty mild. And she was like. She's like, fuck, hey, don't say that shit. And I was like, Psh. me saying it has no bearing on the weather. And then it got cold and wet and it just stayed cold and wet. Like there was like the last two cycles here was like rain, 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 sub freezing temperatures. And you'd wake up and the whole, all of the mud from the previous day would just be frozen solid and then by midday it would just be super wet again and then frozen solid overnight so you just had all these like like the yard was just the yard's a mess the dogs weren't wanting to play outside at all like either they couldn't or if there was a break from the rain it was like dark and mud or frozen mud and these poor guys it was, it was brutal on him for a couple of weeks, but the sun's finally coming back every day. She'd be like, guess what temperature it is in New Mexico. <laughs> guess what the weather is. Guess what the weather is in Santa Fe, Rob. And I'd be like, I know. All right. All right. All right. All right. Why is this on, I thought this is on her. Isn't she the one with the 2,700 animals? Uh, no, nah, we got that. We got, we're, we're pretty square on that. We really had to figure out the actual plan. I'll tell you more. I'll tell you more yeah. off the air. I'll tell you details yeah. off the air, but it's pretty dope what we're going to do actually. Like, I, I don't, 
just so everybody's clear, um, if you notice in the next year or anything, like, oh, man, Rob's doing this really cool thing. I, I didn't plan any of it unless it has to do with work. Any anything really cool that happens in my personal life is all my wife's doing. Like, oh man, they, you guys have been to Iceland? Like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. That was my idea. I loved it. That's probably my favorite place in the world. Oh, I love that spot, man. I miss it's it. Good man, it's a good place to love. We're not going to be allowed back I've there for like there. another year. Oh, Dude, you'd, least, you'd freak for Iceland. Yeah. The people there are so cool too. I really like Icelandic people a lot. Like super direct, but not abrasive, not an abrasive way. It's just like say, no, this is what I mean. Like it's not it's not a lot of reading between the lines. Ooh, what, what, what's that? You know, just like don't go that way because you'll die. Ha ha ha. No, 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 no. Don't go that way because you'll die. Like just straight up, like we had a guy tell us that when we were there the first time. He's like, "Hey, don't drive that way." Somebody died there the other day. And I was like, "Oh, ha ha ha!" And he was like, "No, I'm serious, for real." Somebody <laughs> died. Yeah. So, but it's so beautiful, man. It's like it's definitely like when you go see Game of Thrones, you're like, "Holy shit!" And then you go there, you're like, oh, this is like this. Like you're driving through, you know, what was a, a lava field as you leave the airport, you know, and you see like steam coming up from geysers and stuff while you're just driving. It's pretty, it's a pretty badass place. You can drive 10 minutes off the main highway and feel like you're a million miles from anywhere. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. But, you know, we'll see what happens in the world of travel and COVID-19. And I just, I'm just curious how, how China got off so scot-free with all this shit. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, it's pretty, uh, I mean, of course, I don't know, man. I speculate, but. They have a lot of us. They have a lot of stuff in their back pocket economically. Like a lot of people Bro, owe them money. Like, I don't know, whatever. Not whatever. It, it's upsetting that the world is turned into what it's turned into. And it's like nobody's holding anybody accountable for it. It's a, such a long chain of responsibility it's 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 difficult and you have to have a lot of evidence and i mean how do you i mean how do you hold a nation accountable we we know it came from we know where it came from and we know the guy that warned about it died from it how'd that i don't know man i don't know well a lot of early whistleblowers were died from it yeah there's a seemingly, lot of crazy stuff seemingly going on. Pre- pretty healthy people huh <laughs> well that's been the that's been the thing and you know like people who seem real healthy some of them die from it people who don't who aren't right. bro healthy I get like get a sneeze and they're over it 
Yeah, and I, 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 dude, I worked with a guy who was an MMA, an ex MMA athlete in Italy, who was ruined from it, like ruined. But I wonder what underlying things or what, you know, what's the mechanism? I, I don't even know why we're talking about that. I brought it up, like, 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 neither you or I understands this virus. You know. No, I mean everything we're saying on this podcast is, unless it's personal, then it's speculative. Totally, we're not offering anybody any advice about how they should be changing their behavior. I'm just, we're all thinking about it. You know, we don't. We just, just the most honest answer that 99 percent of us can give is, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. In fact, the people who know the most is probably the best answer they can give because there's not enough data yet. We just don't have enough data. And um, my sense is that we'll end up finding like a genetic variant, you know, and there's probably some, like, it was really interesting the other day I was reading um, some super nerdy shit, the principles of pulmonary medicine textbook Mm -hmm. that I have. They're talking about um, likelihood of developing uh, emphysema. And it's like, Hey, you know, not all smokers develop emphysema. Like, you're, you're going to like, if you have, if you smoke, you're going to have problems if you smoke for your whole life, but just because you smoke doesn't mean you'll get emphysema. The number one doesn't mean, predictor, doesn't mean you'll get cancer either. Right. The number one predictor of emphysema, if you're a smoker is if you had a childhood respiratory illness that was severe. So when they look back, you're like, Oh, like during developmental periods, your lungs were knocked down a notch and so now you're more vulnerable. Yeah. And so there's probably some genetic and epigenetic factors with COVID that we just don't, it just takes a lot of time to sift through this data. And then you have to come to a, people who know what the hell they're talking about have to come to a consensus. And that doesn't happen fast. You know, um, I mean, it's pretty amazing that we have a vaccine so quickly. Like, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that sarcastically at all, or I'm not being cynical, all political, whatever. Aside, like, it's pretty amazing. It's like only been here a year, and like we fast track. Like, hey, let's let's get it done. Like, this is putting life to a halt. It's changing shit for everybody. You know, unless you happen to be a. Um... Never mind. I won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah. yeah, it's changed life for so many people and changed people's businesses and eliminated businesses and brought up new businesses. It's crazy. It's a huge tipping point in the way that we operate. So, but yeah, I would, I would think that we just, we just don't have enough information. Yeah. Well, what you were saying though, you know, about you know emphysema you know it's it, it's interesting because that work the work the work Gabor Mate has done around disease and understanding major disease and the components of it you know because that that's where that lung you know I got that lung cancer thing like c- cigarette smoking does not cause cancer and if it caused cancer in everybody, everybody would, if it caused cancer, everybody who smoked would get cancer. 
Well, it's, right? a, it's a major cofactor. It's, it's a carcinogen. And if it exposes the hole, exposes the weakness, right? Whatever that weakness is, right? And so his point was, is that the real connection between all major diseases, there is, is that it, it, te- it, it leans towards emotional, in a bit like the inability to say no, whether it's dissociative, denied, it's come up as anger, so it's authenticity. The inability to express oneself authentically as a child, this carries through life. The suppression of this carries the same stressors, stress, stress hormones as an animal fucking fighting in the wild, right? But it's on constant, right? It's on this constant barrage with inside the cells. And this is what he's trying to really uncover is the ability to identify who's going to get what, why. Um, and it's like, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to get cancer. Cause I'm, you know, I don't know how to say no, no. It's like, you got cancer because something was going on metabolically wrong with the cells, right? Like something happened. And so they started to thrive in a different environment. Right. But what was the catalyst? Sure. Smoking was the carcinogen that actually sped that process up. Right. That opened the gateway to that. But the fact is, is that that emotional side of things carries such weight that we didn't we don't understand that we don't hold anything towards but yet it's the connection between all of these things yeah it's I mean, very interesting it it certainly sets a tone to the it sets a tone to the total environment right mm. so it's like yeah you know, that's, that's the underlying thing is like, I think emotional dysregulation, like we, it's, it's well known that it has neurophysiological effect. Like that's not, that's pretty well established at this point, but I think, you know, one of the things that's interesting is it's such a web because then, it's, then you ask like, well, what causes someone to begin smoking in the first place? And then what makes them continue to do it? And, continue to right. do something that they know is fucking them up. Yeah. Smoking's gnarly though, man. Smoking well, the same goes, so same, same goes for alcohol. Yeah. Bro. At no point. Does alcohol have the positive effect on the body? But we've convinced medical doctors to give us a carte blanche for something like a glass of wine, right? It's like, <laughs> it's still a neurotoxin, my friend. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, I would always like, and, and this is a thing I would hold myself accountable to for accountable for too. But I always would say like, um, somebody was like, I drink wine for, uh, the, uh, what is it? The antioxidants or whatever. I'm like, why don't you try broccoli? Why don't you eat broccoli? <laughs> like, don't give me this. Antioxidant. You know the human. You know the human body produces its own antioxidants. Yeah, I'm like, like oh, it has a uh, you know red wine has such and such. And I'm well, like, that, that was my no. point. That was my point. Right, you like red we, wine? We are looking for whatever yeah. avenue we need in order to justify why we're doing something. And I play in this game too. Sure, but just say it. I like how it makes me feel. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that's the thing is like, and I tell this story, like with, uh, I used to tell the story in the art of breath and I'd be like, yeah, I used to think like, I like coffee, but it's not about the caffeine. Like I just like how coffee tastes. Tommy was like, cool, switch to decaf. And I was like, never mind. It's caffeine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to drink decaf. I, I, I like, it is part of it. I like good tasting coffee, obviously, but I like the caffeination, right? There's a fine line, but it's like, yeah, let's get real here, pal. You know, mm-hmm. like, no, you, you know, it's like, Hey, if, if you like to have a, uh, a drink in the evening that I'm not here to tell you what any adult, what they should and shouldn't do, but like, let's just be honest. Like you're not, that's not what you're doing. Like we're, you're adjusting, you're making adjustments to your state. That's all it is. You're just making, you're just toggling your state. Be honest. Yeah. It's cool. Fine. All right. Just as long as one's willing to accept consequences, good, bad, whatever. Then indifferent. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's a good come to, those are good come to Jesus moments, you know? Oh, I'm eating, uh, I ate this bag of almonds because almonds have this vitamin. I'm like, no, just stop. That's not why. By the way, the almonds you're eating are covered in dark chocolate, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, Yeah. That's stuff we all do. It's cognitive dissonance, right? Cognitive dissonance, baby. It's exactly what it is. It is what it is. I know. That's why (laughs) mindfulness practices and stuff are so useful. Because you can yeah. identify your own cognitive dissonance and go, what is this story I am telling myself about this? Get out of here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a fun little ride. Yep. Cool. Episode 15, Shift Perspective. We're stopping right there. Cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. <laughs> so I've read a lot on that. I've exp- I've I've acted out quite a bit of it myself. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> All right, kids. Thank you for listening. Enjoy Later. the day. <laughs>